是哭的秀。Did you know? My name is. I don't know. I don't know my name. But what I do know is this is the beginning of the podcast. We'll call live to tape. My name's Javen Jackford. My name's Jim Deckforward. Also known as Planter Fasitis. <laughs> okay, this is. Oh my God! Someone just, someone, someone just put their, someone just lick a laser beam and let it fly. Licking that laser, licking that laser every day. It's a green one, not the red one that you used to have. Oh my God! Call the FAA. Too much. Yeah. Okay. Fade it out, please. Hey, Jason, could you fade it out? Fade it out, baby. Baby, could you fade it out for me, Jason? Thank you, sweetie. Okay. Hey, it's me. I'm back again. Number one friend, Ren 1010. Clobber me up and drop me off again. I'm ready to be a send Ben. Uh, hey, it's your boy, Jamie Pack Pemberton, Jason Peppercorn, also known as Kevin Tipcorn, also known as the purveyor of the executive buffet, Mr. Jackfruit Express, Highwayman Rancho Suavo. <laughs> I was going to say Rancho Savo, but that doesn't make any sense. I like Rancho Suavo. Hey, we live up at Rancho. Uh, come on, dear heart, come on down to Rancho Suavo. We're there all week, okay? We'll have a glass of wine. We'll talk about life and how my ex-wife committed suicide on a bridge in Long Beach. <laughs> Holy shit. I just said way too much about stuff that you don't know what I'm talking about, but I, it's true, okay? It's true. Welcome to Live to Tape. This is Johnny Pemberton. Thanks for being here. Uh, we love you. This is the podcast of the name I just said. What else I got for you? I got that for you. Uh, that's the podcast name. Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton on the Starburns Audio um, Highway of Hands. That's what we call it over here, collectively, reflectively, intro. Um, uh, uh, what's the word? When you're nice to someone, you say it's uh, affectionately. That's what I meant to say, reflection, re, reflect, reflectional. Don't peck the tech, technically, it's reflective affectionately, okay? It's an, it's an affliction, it's, an affl it's a fucking reflective affliction we've got over here. We've literally got this freaking reflective affliction. Hey man, what's your problem? Oh, I've got this reflective affliction. Is it a... Uh, it's a f what kind of what kind of thing is it? I I got this fucking freaking I got this freaking reflective affection, but it's affection. It's for it forms affection when you th think about how it's forming. It's pretty much forming affection. So, so uh, uh, number one. 
this is the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, the only way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash live to tape. That is still the only way to support the podcast unless you purchase one of the products that's being advertised on the podcast, which if it is being advertised in this podcast, it's because uh, I'm standing behind it. I wouldn't do it otherwise. Honestly, you know me. If you don't know me, now you do. Now you know who that is. If it's your first time listener to this podcast, if it's your first time listener, if it's your first time listening to this podcast, now you know that. I wouldn't stand by that. And also, if it's your first time listening to this podcast, this is just the beginning. This is just sort of like, we're just sort of uh, dipping a toe in, so to speak. Um, That's such a bad metaphor. I hate dipping a toe in. What a fucking dumb, overused, crunk metaphor. I'm a metaphor master, and I don't, I don't, I just like that one, okay? You know, I just realized it's working good. I thought for a second the computer mic was doing this and not, not this mic, not this mic right here. Okay, that's how you support the podcast, live to tape.com. slash live to tape. There's several levels of uh, support, each with what's, each has its own value parameters, all good. All of them good. The only way to support the podcast, please support the podcast. If you listen to it, that's a good thing. Also, uh, I have to remind you again, the album I did called Recorded for Quality Assurance is now available digitally. It's available digitally on the uh, on iTunes, on Spotify. I think it's on all those good things. And also, that's great. Obviously, you, you probably already know about that. But the other thing is, is that if you, uh, if you, wanted, to, if you wanted to get it on tape... If you wanted to buy it on cassette, it's now available through the Starburns Industries shop. It's starburnsindustries.com slash slash shop. That's starburnsindustries.com slash shop. My tape is available for $15 in American dollars. There was an issue earlier with international shipping being fucking amazingly expensive, but I think it's been cleared up. But also, if you live in Australia... That's you live in Australia. You know that you 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 trade off the convenience of being able to buy just about anything and have it shipped to you for cheap with living in possibly the greatest continent in the world with the greatest people and the greatest beer. So if you live in Australia and you want the tape, I'm sorry, baby, you have to pay up that that crazy Australian shipping. But otherwise, StarburnsIndustry.com slash slash shop for the cassette if you want the cassette. Otherwise, it's available on iTunes and Spotify. Otherwise, that's all I gotta say to you, except for my tour. Okay, this is something I gotta tell you. About. I'll tell you all the dates right now. Here we go. Yep. yep. Okay, baby. Here we go. Starting June third, I will be. No, sorry, June third. Denver, Colorado with Josh Fadon. We're doing Kiss My Ass as a part of this awesome comedy fest there. It's like a wrestling-themed thing. There's a bunch of other great comedians there, but our show, obviously, Kiss My Ass, will be the fucking greatest. That's June 3rd in Denver. June 6th, Boston, Tavern 730. I'm doing two shows. Think of 1 at 8, 1 at 10. That's it. Tavern 730 in Boston. Then June 8th, I'll be in New York City at Union Hall. That's June 8th. June 9th, I'll be at Good Good in Philadelphia. June 10th, I'll be at The Big Hunt in Washington, D.C. June 11th, I'll be in Norfolk, Virginia at the University Theater. And 
And June 12th, I'll be at the Dead Crow Comedy Club in Wilmington, North Carolina. And then finally, June 13th, I will be in Charlotte, North Carolina at... I just forgot the fucking name of the venue. Holy shit. It's... Crown Station Pub. Crown Station Pub in Charlotte, North, Charlotte, North Carolina, okay? Did you get all those? Those are all of them. There's ticket links available for pretty much all of those at this point, so you can buy your tickets ahead of time. If you go to johnnypemberton.dog, I'll have a page there that has all of the links. Otherwise, I'm sure you can find them via the venue websites, or you can find what you want to find. I'll post it on Instagram and Twitter and all that crap, okay? Okay. Now it is time to start the meat of the podcast. You're going to love my guest. You're going to love my guest. I sure do. This guy, you're going to get to know him. You're going to think he's really great. You're going to have a great time with us. Should have done reverb. This song I really want to start with. I found this house track that's just like I don't know what it is, man. It's fucking blasting. Oh shit. Oh shit. Gotta go mobile so I can do this shit. Ready? shit called this is by BWH featuring Paolo I don't know what this is it's called Stop I love by it Nathan Wilkins and the Midnight Mike remix I mean, yeah. what the fuck it is it's just like this sounds like something you'd be, you see like a like Miami yeah it's like tennis yeah Miami on TV in yeah. the 80s this is like you're gonna cruise the movie theater high school 1998 blast it blast it boom Super skates. This is like some super skate stuff. Super skate? What's that? I don't know. Like your local awesome roller rink. Roller skate rink. <laughs> When's the last time you went skating? 1998. I just love that sound when it goes uh, it's like... such a good sound. Wow. It's like a little Giorgio Moroder. Definitely. I think I actually found this. I put the Giorgio... Giorgio Remoter... Giorgio Garoder. <laughs> Put the Giorgio Moroder um, radio on. This came up. Oh, That's yeah, how there you go. It. This is like Italians do it better. Do you know that? Yeah. It's, like know. A whole, it's like a whole album of hot. You'd love it. If you like this, if you like this, this check out Italians do it better. Italians do it better, the album. Yeah. Oh, I just want to let it ride out. Yeah, let that ride out. 
Greg's here. Greg is here. They both got waters in the same fucking cup. Boom. This is a nice cup. It's a good, it's cup. good Good action on this cup. Ladies and gentlemen, we're drinking out of steel cups. Mm. Given to me from my mom. Mm. It's one of the only things she's given me. It isn't like, oh, this is trash. You basically just give me something <laughs> that I have to throw away. This is actually like, oh, this is I can I can do something with this. I can work with this at least. La- this has some serious lasers. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't know what this is. It's kind of, it's kind of a, I imagine, kind of a cheap song in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, a, I have no idea what the fuck this is. You like tan lines? This is kind of like almost like tan lines. Is that a group? Tan yeah, tan lines. It's a modern group though, right? More modern, yeah. Yeah. See, there's a lot of stuff. I feel like it's great. The modern stuff is great, but I feel like there's this thing where. I'm overlooking the real thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Where it came from. The OG. The original source material. Well, then you gotta get into some Herbie Hancock shit. Totally. He's the OG. Maybe we should play uh, something from... uh, Have you ever heard that album called Manchild? I don't think I've heard Manchild. Maybe we should play that. Maybe I should play yeah. something from Manchild, Manchild. from Herbie Hancock. Herbie, Herbie, I keep saying things almost right. I just said Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock. Park. Herbie Hancock. Okay, let's just get started here. This is Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton. My guest is Greg Barris. Good to be here. Greg is a DJ, an entrepreneur, a surfer, um, a wax specialist. I love wax. Um, an antiquer. <laughs> I'm an uh, antiquer. I, I right. deal with uh, antiquities. Um, a full-time comedian. Full-time. Full fucking time. 87 hours There's a week. 87? Yeah, that's full-time. Okay, I thought it was less, but I guess I, have, I forgot that's part the part-time. Com- anything less is part-time. Right, because comedy is that thing where it's the double, what do they call it? It's, it's the double benefactor. Yeah, double plus seven. Double plus seven. Half your age, double plus seven is your amount of times to be full-time. So double, it's double your age. Plus seven. Plus seven. Okay, so uh, I'm assuming you're in your 30s. Yeah. Or you're in your 40s, your 50s. I'm in my late 50s. You're in your late 50s. Okay, so that's actually, you're doing doing a lot of work. I do a great service. You're doing a significant amount of work. Uh, So much work. So much fucking work. Never ending. So much fucking work. You seem like you're doing a lot of work. I have been doing some work. I've been doing a good amount of work lately. I mean, I've done... I did a bunch of work on some TV stuff. Outside um, in, it looks good. Really? You know? That's Trust not always me. the case. I know it's not always the case. I get it, 100%. But outside in, Pemberton's looking hot. I'm working. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's work happening. Yeah. There's cool stuff. But it's always that thing where it's like you work on the thing, and the thing either is a third as visible as the amount of work you put on it, or it's 50 times more visible than the work you put into it. Yeah. So, well, I was, I oscillate. I did some video today. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm doing this podcast with Pemberton. Yeah. Three people were like, oh, that guy's blowing up. Or he, oh, that guy blew up. Who the fuck said that? This guy, Nathan Gotch. Yeah, I know Nathan. Yeah. He was like, tell Johnny Pemberton I said hi. I say hi too. Hey, Nathan. Hello. Hello, Nathan. Well, that's cool. It feels good to be, uh, to be, um, blown, have my ears blown up. Totally blown off. Yeah. So you're here right now. You're in L.A. You're just straight LA. chilling. Straight chilling. Technically, I'm homeless. You are? I'm homeless. This is my home, Where wherever I am. It is, but you're not on the streets. 
no, I'm in your home, which is yeah. now my home until okay. I leave. So you're I, not homeless. And then I am this on is, the streets. This is your home. Yeah. I feel like that phrase, mi casa es su casa, is just... Bullshit. <laughs> it is because, all because of the movies, while we all know it, not because... Anyone su casa you. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I've had some serious hospitable experiences in my life, but um, what's the most hospitable you've... <laughs> what's the most hospitality you've ever experienced? Uh, I honestly will tour and put out there on... <laughs> Put out there on. Do you want a windscreen? I got windscreens. windscreens. A lot of pops. A lot of pops. I need to get some freaking uh, some mid-range dynamic mics so I can be over here. I can. Oh my god! Yeah. I can be like, I've got what you need, but see now I have to get up close. I guess I could take this with me to get a windscreen. Uh, I always tell people that ask me for advice. Young comedians will say, right. "Do you have any advice?" And I say, "Save as much money as you can and buy yes. the most expensive, nicest microphone you can afford. You're only as good as your instrument." These are good mics. Yeah, these are great. These are not, but they're not great mics. Audix. This is basically your uh, SM58. Beta equivalent. Oh, like a Shure. Yeah, which is a great mic. Solid, uh, standard, classic. I gotta. I wanna. I wanna play you some music to go along with your hospitable hospitality story while I find a windscreen for you. Probably that Gracia song. I mean, it's is like. That a good thank one? You. Does it have it's lyrics though? Hospita- it does have some See, lyrics. What yeah, about, so what's a, what's some... a what's a uh, a non lyrical song, song with no words? Um... Oh, so many, so many. Oh, there's some, uh, there's someone who did a just instrumental slowed down like xylophone of all the Prince songs. You're kidding me. Yeah, I don't know. See, this is why you're here, man. It's pretty good, actually. I bet if I type in xylophone Prince songs. Yeah. I really think that xylophone or marimba or uh, any type of vibraphone, anything you play on those, they're just great. Or even a classic home phone. I'm into it. Is this it? Uh, Aladdin sound? Hydrophone. Do you know a hydrophone? No. A uh, hydrophone's like it? spooky noises. No. Maybe. This is only a 55 second song, though. This is also some guy in the Prince of Wales College Band cadet members. This is kind of cool. I'm into it. You've got some kind of phone out there with like a xylophone kind of thing. Yeah, it's a. It's a Ghanaian balafon. Oh, duh. I fucking love that thing. It, it's, a, it's a marimba. Yeah. But if you want to be technical, Balafon. it's from Ghana. Because yeah. you like, uh, you know, I'll put some of that on. How about this? Ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How I'm about that. Uh, Ghana, High Life, High Life, Balafon. This is pretty good, though, isn't it? This is pretty good for what oh, it is. Oh, xylophone's one of those instruments everybody think they can play. Everybody think they can play, but, but no one can really play it that well this unless is, you're good. Check this out. This is the Ghana Party Mix, and that features a front cover, a picture of the... Uh, this is not what I wanted. It's a picture of Obama. I gotta say, it is pretty amazing how much... What Obama meant to... We're so sidetracked Ghanaian here. music. Or just to <laughs> Africans in general. You know what I mean? Like, they fucking... Obama was a big fucking deal. Yeah, you got a... Uh, you got a king. Guy. You got a black king. Okay. First time out. Here we go. This will work for you, I think. I think this is going to work. Okay, Greg. I love it. This is... I'm going to give you, like, a little bit of mix sort here. Of at the beach. 
Yeah, it's a good beach. You can Ghana is a. Uh, it is technically a not a landlocked country. They have access to the Atlantic. Oh, nice. So. And so, they're French. Well, like I think they were, they were settled by the French, right. yeah. I think they were. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Because it's on what's called the Côte d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast, Sounds I believe. Because you've got Réunion. You've also got... Um, I feel like right now this is just a festival of me misspeaking the facts. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you've got a couple other... Because the Congo is Belgian, but I think it has French influence. Call in on the hydrophone if you know the answer to any of these. Listeners, do you have access to a digital map and can tell us what fucking African countries we're talking about? Here we go. Ghana. Ghana is next to Cote d'Ivoire, which is a country. Togo, Benin, Nigeria. I think half of those are French speaking. You're by Liberia. Yeah. The Gulf of Guinea. Jesus Christ. The The sidetracks are unbelievable. I'm just like... Putting them up. I know I saw a freaking windscreen here, man. I saw a fucking Right now, Johnny yes. Pemberton is folding clothes. What if I had you come over here to watch me? Like, just a second, man. We gotta get started. We gotta start recording. Sorry, getting like, sidetracked. Hey, can you hold this end of the sheet? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear about your most. I want to hear about. I just I'm I'm married to this now because I now I gotta hear about it because you travel so much because yeah I feel like you're always. Traveling, doing comedy, like ten times more than I do. So, I know it's got to be a good story. I mean, this—the story is that I will put out on Facebook. If uh, hey, who wants to host me? Uh-huh. And every single time, strangers host me, and I will—they will sometimes they will pick me up and drop me off. They will kick out roommates so I can stay in a nice bedroom. Wow. They'll have like stuff for me. They'll mm-hmm. like present me with some. You know, it's kind of easy to know what a Greg needs, what a Greg wants. They'll have all the stuff that I need or want. Yeah, They'll drive me to a show. All natural fixings, yeah, I would call it's it. it's kind of amazing. And I really, honestly, appreciate it a lot. It's been very... The community, I love you. You've been very gracious to me. And I will continue to uh, need your graces. But what was the one where you really felt like, oh, wow, this is... Because i got to say this. There is this thing that happens. You know Ben Kronberg? Oh, Yeah. He said, he posted something one time, and I was like, I've never forgotten this. He posted a video uh, of some guy talking about his fish tank, who was hosting him someplace in some city. And the guy says something like, oh, man, see this tank here? Okay, this used to be fucking sick. But, uh, and it cuts off. It was a short, it was a Vine video back in the day. And I instantly knew what was going on here. He was, some person, some town he was in, this guy was, Showing him stuff like, "Hey, check this out. There's this place. Oh, you like you like uh, do you like nachos? This place is the best nachos. Oh, check it out. Do you like water parks? Because we have a crazy like that kind of thing where they just sort of the person sort of um, overdoes it. Yeah, and he described it as the perfect thing I've ever heard. Uh, a hospitality terrorist. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that weird thing where there's such a fine line between someone who's who understands that. Oh, you just want to." go in a dark room for 10 hours and maybe have the uh, chill availability to something to eat and not have me all up in your shit asking you questions about, hey, what's your favorite? Do you like metal? I mean, I like metal, but not like all metal. I mean, like thrash is cool, but what about that kind of thing? I've definitely run into one, not so many HPT, just a couple of HPTs, you know me. So I can, I'm actually... 
pretty good at suffering. I think I can see that because I, I feel like I the <laughs> I can just see you, you kind of like kind of like I don't know what it is like you're going with the flow, even though oh this sucks and this is not what I want to be doing necessarily, but here I am, kind yeah. of zen about it. It's yeah. not not so much. Is that what? Am I right? I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty good about the suffering. I can kind of tolerate. I have super high tolerance for almost anything. I right. Kind of just uh, go into like a mental space. But I will say that I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had so many of these terrorists. Most of the time, people do seem like, "Hey, here's a spot. I'll see you. Know, let me know if you need anything. We'll yeah. see you at the show. Bye bye. Here's a key. Uh, oh, the key. See, that's the key. Uh, yeah, that, that is key. the key. Give me that key. You got the key because you can come and go. It's like a hotel. Then where you're not like. It's anytime you have to inconvenience someone else for something you need. Like, imagine if you lived in a place where someone else lived between you and a bathroom. Oh, yeah. That's, that's sort of a, that's a certain type of hell. Like a railroad apartment or something. Yeah. So it's like that it's kind like, of thing. Oh, I'm just holding it in until they get up and go. Yeah, it's like being on an airplane, uh, but you can lay down flat. Uh, I wish. I wish. I yeah, wish. airplane, at least you have the anonymity. Yeah. So what's your best... Uh, experience I mean, in terms of pre-HPT. Pre-HPT. Like the person who like knows about HPT and doesn't and doesn't indulge it. Uh, you know, I don't know if I have a best. I really? just have like a bunch of generic ones that are just all okay. Uh, someone did um, uh, years ago. I was dating, sort of dating someone yeah. who pretty casual, and they went to Berlin yeah. um, for like three months to write. Do you know people that do this? I uh, mean, like people who are independently wealthy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people who have so much money that they stopped thinking about if they're going to have money. Yeah, and it's like, what are you writing? Where is it going? Uh, are you just journaling in Berlin? And it's I like, think that's probably. what this. Yeah, journaling, <laughs> journaling in Berlin. Yeah. yeah. And I was uh, just sort of telling this story to a friend of mine. And they, while I, I, I was saying, you know, there's no way I can go. I can't afford it. They're like, oh, you should go. You should go. I was like, I can't afford to go to Berlin and just hang out in Berlin, yeah. you know. And uh, while I was telling that story, they bought me a plane ticket and a place to stay for a month and then a uh, round-trip ticket, Air that's, Berlin. That's rad. That's pretty gracious. That's pretty nice. It's also the kind of thing I imagine if you have that kind of money, it's what you love to do. Oh, yeah. Right? Because yeah. you love to be like, hey, man, you like that? Uh, guess what? Um I know your address, and one is being sent to you currently. I just thought about, yeah. I thought about, oh, you like that? That's yeah, yours. You need something? I already got it. I, I, this person actually is very gracious in that way. Like That's I've cool. seen, I remember doing a show with them in Portland, and we were, people were hanging out after the show. It's a comedian. It's comedian, yeah. Random girl is talking about how it's cold in Portland, and her space, it wasn't like, I need a space heater, help me out. It was just like, ah, my space heater is broken, and I can't afford to get a new one, and it's just cold, blah, 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 blah. While that's all going down, a space heater was ordered on Amazon. Oh, see, that's delivery, great. Stuff like that. That's how you're supposed to be rich. That is the best rich person and the best yeah. way to be rich. I, if I honestly, if I had any money at all, I'd, I would try to be like that. I feel like that's kind of in a way how a lot of people now aren't good at being rich, it seems like. No, no. People just want to hoard it. Yeah, they spend money. Like I always think that if you don't spend it, it's going to go away. Yeah. I've met a couple people who are like that. I feel like Drew Carey is like that. He's so... He's deeply generous. Like the kind of thing where like, it's not even, um, there's just no, it's not even a thought of, 
just it's, he feels like uh, his his um philosophy is that it's not his money. Oh, I like that. It's just money that he happens to have access to, and so why would he feel feel ownership over this wealth? So if I'm around Drew Carey, I should loudly just kvetch about something I need. <laughs> I think maybe, or maybe it's. I think it's probably one of those things where uh, it's it's like anything where it's uh, if you need it, someone will probably help you out with it. Because like you're talking about that space heater, that's like a need thing. It's a need thing. Yeah, yeah I didn't need to go to Berlin. You didn't, but at the same time. Maybe you didn't need to go to Berlin. Yeah, you know, it's like one of those, like, follow your heart things. Yeah. Maybe you're, like, connecting love, and that's exciting, you know? You can't say who it is? Ah, I mean, should I? It's like... I don't know. It's your life. Matter. Everybody knows him. You all know him and love him. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Do I? You do. You know him. You love him. We're all, we all know him and love him. He's great. He's the best. God. You know it. You know, everybody knows the answer. We don't even need to say his name. What you're thinking of is the right answer. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can think of, I think uh, there's a bunch of rich comedians, very there wealthy are, comedians. There are. I will say that some of these wealthy comedians, uh, maybe they feel pity for me or something, but I've been on tour with some of them and they've been very helpful and yeah, a lot of love. I say it smells like an Aziz move. <laughs> really? I don't know. No. Okay. No, not it's an Aziz not. move. I don't wow. think Aziz likes me. I don't even know him. Let's get him on the phone. <laughs> Do you have his number? No. He's a friend. He's a friends of friends, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't really... There's no point in even... Well, why'd you think it was an Aziz move? Because he likes to travel internationally a lot. Oh, yeah, okay. He's big into... I'm going to go over and learn to make pasta for three months. <laughs> I'm going to learn to make... I'm going to speak Italian and learn... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I guess it will never be said if, it, not if you don't say it, so... But it's okay. It doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't really fucking matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know what it is. We all know what it is. Okay. It's the, it's what about the you? What's the most gracious thing someone ever did for you? Uh, the most gracious thing. I'm trying to think here. I feel like I was really lucky as a kid. Got to travel a lot with my parents, with my dad, because he's a he's a doctor, and what he kind of would, doctor? he's a colon rectal surgeon. Solid. So he would get to travel a lot. He worked for a teaching hospital in the Mayo Clinic, so he wasn't private practice. So if you work for like a teaching hospital, they travel you a lot because. Um, you're able to do a lot of research, so you can present your research and give give like a symposium or a talk, any, any place. He's, my dad has traveled significantly for his for his job, and a lot of times he'll take me with him. And he took my my mom and I with him to Italy when I was probably about oh, maybe twelve or something like that. Just kind of thing where, I mean, Italian people, they're insanely hospitable. Oh yeah, it's the kind of thing where it's. Uh, it's it's a cartoon. You think about the whole thing, like you know, the the Italian mother be like, "Have some more." You're like, no, I'm full. Have some. You're like, okay, fine. If you say, "Okay, fine," it's it's all that, but it's more. Even I just remember being in some. I was a kid, right? I was like, I was twelve, prepubescent, hundred percent. Like I look like I was fucking nine years old. But always, <laughs> all these older doctor friends who were like almost retired, they were just. Uh, I just remember being them talking to me in a way that was so so nice, like not talking like a kid at all, and just really, uh, God, it was always like food-based stuff, where one time there was this dinner, I think I was even younger, I was a really young kid, like maybe eight or nine, it was just in Belgium, and there was this big dinner with all this stuff, all this food, that I was like, what's that weird crap, I don't want to eat any of that, and they asked, this chef's like, what do you want, like, I don't know, some steak, 
This guy cooks me a fucking steak that's probably, I mean, who knows how, how, how special it was at that time. It's one of those things where my dad always remembers that story because he's like, you realize you had one of the, I don't know, probably some chef with a fucking Michelin star make yeah. you a steak at request. Francis Milman made you a steak. Something like that. So it was all this stuff that, was, to me, was lost. It was lost on me but at the, t- at the time. But as I've grown older, I'm like, oh, my God, that's incredible. That's, what, a, what a generous thing to do. It's probably the most generous thing ever that ever happened to me was in Italy as well. My dad's colleague was this guy who lives in Torino, in Turin, Italy. And I visited there with my friend Nate in college. And he just put us up in a hotel. Like, there you go. Like, why... Uh, we were just going to visit, and he just fucking did all the stuff. And it's the kind of thing when I think about it now, I'm so fucking embarrassed of that. Like, him just doing, just taking care of that kind of thing. Like, oh, my God, what a fucking, like, I'm just such a a child, kind of, because someone just absolutely took care of this thing for me. Sometimes we need someone to take care of us. It's true. You know? I, a lot of people have uh, taken care of me in the last couple of years really yeah but through my whole life you know and then there's peaks and valleys and yeah. some rough times and you know being homeless right people taking care of but me. you're here now i'm here now and you're not really you, you'll never be what's the saying it's like if you've got enough friends you're always rich yeah i that's why when you see real homeless people you're like oh they must be an asshole that they don't have any couches they can stay on but that's also maybe not a nice thing to say because everybody has. You yeah, know, it kind of runs the gamut too. Yeah. A lot of times it's oh that person's so has such a deep mental issue that they can't accept help sometimes, right? Oh yeah, I mean, totally. It's also embarrassing to ask for help and yeah, really constantly need help. So I, you know, I've been trying to pull it together. Some people are really good at just giving other people help without like oh no doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, oh, what? I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. My That's great uncle thing. was like that. He was uh, in New York when he was retired, and uh, he would just, there was like a couple people he would always just give a ch- nice chunk of money to all really? the time. Yeah, and just be like, you have to do it. You have to do yeah. it, Greg. You got to. What did he do? He was a chemical engineer, and oh, then he sweet. was forced into retirement when he was like 70. And forced then, oh yeah because you're too old because he's too old and then uh, you know had a pension but it had been doing it had been working for a company for 45 years or something oh so he had a good pension yeah had a solid pension and then social security on top of that and you know it it's weird how gracious. little you need at some point oh my god you don't need that much yeah you know three thousand a month i have <laughs> uh, i feel like i need to get rid of a bunch of stuff like just fucking give it away a thousand a month yeah, even that. I mean, who knows? Four hundred a month. Have you read that book, Tribe? No. You might. You dig it. I dig Tribe by Sebastian Younger. Don't know. He talks all about um, tri- the nature of tribe, and all just that kind your of tribe, shit. Like, oh, yeah, just about like basically human relationships and how so much stuff is uh, just the idea of hoarding and like wealth accumulation, all that stuff is in primitive society. It's it's like the gravest of sins, like a capital sin. Yeah. To be like, to be, to keep stuff for yourself when others need just the smallest amount. Yeah. It's like fear and wanting to live forever. Oh, yeah. And all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, you really want to live forever. You know, you can live, you're not going to, but if you help a lot of people, those people will probably help you and you'll feel better and you'll be in their hearts and souls for a long time at yeah. least, you know. That's a great point. Oof. Oof. That's like a, that's like a shiver point. 
That's such shiver a real... boy. A shiver. Welcome to Shiver Points with Greg Barris. This week on Shiver Points. This week on Shiver Points, Greg shares a story he learned from his great uncle about helping those who need help. If you don't shiver, then you don't got nothing to shake. shake, shake. You got the shiver, boy. Boy. <laughs> boy, you got the shiver, shiver, shiver. I see it in you. You got the shiver. That boy's got the shiver. It's like the shine, except it's uh, it's empathy. <laughs> Instead of being an empathy that senses danger in a mountain environment, it's empathy that's just sort of a real kind of mellow sort of empathy. It's like, here, have a sandwich. Here, have a sandwich. It'll make you shiver, shiver, shiver. Here's a blanket. You look like you're shivering. Here's a blanket. Here's a blanket. You look like you're shivering. Shriver. I'm not shriveling. I'm shivering. Leave shriver. Leave shriver. Leave shrivelrous. Maybe that's what chivalrous is. We're not chivalrous. We're shrivelrous. Shiver. 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 Oh, that's a hard word to say. Chivalrivel. Chivalrivel. Rob Shrivel. Rob Shrivel. Let's play some music, shall we? Yeah. Okay, this track is the one that you mentioned. Um... Greg, talk about this song, man. Well, I really I discovered this song just a few years ago. It's actually a pretty old song by a classic Mexican group called Los Tres Diamantes. Wait a second. Does that mean the three diamonds? That does. Oh, okay. Diamonds being a precious metal and all, and three of them sounds like some pretty rich taste. If you've got three diamonds, you're in a good place. Uh-huh. And this is gracias. Okay. You, get, you got any other backstory on this at all? Um... You know, it's just a, a song of thanks. I'm going to read this uh, YouTube comment on here because I can just understand just enough of it. I think you know a little Spanish, right? Uh, sí. <laughs> sí, mucho español? Mi español es muy malo, lo siento. Oh! Oh! Necesito mucho practicar. <laughs> Damn, okay, here we go. I'm going to read this out. I'm going to tell you what I think it says, and you tell me what you know it says. Excelente canción dedicada a una gran mujer que la tuve cerca y finalmente no fue así buena, buen día. I think it says, excellent something dedicated to my grandmother, who is the something circa and dead from the final thing, good day. Yes, that is exactly the perfect translation of that. I know grandmother, right? Grandmother. And it's no fue. Probably, no right? fue. No F-U-E. Así. Yeah, what does that say? No fue? What's excelente canción? Uh, excellent. Canción? Canción. C-A-N-C-I-O-N. Canción? Do you know? Canción. Canción. Well, whatever. Don't know. If listeners, if you, have, you know what this stands for, uh, check out the YouTube video. Let's play it. Here it is. Gracias. My good friend Carly Margulis, who lives in Topanga Canyon, uh, turned me on to this whole group. I love it. I would say this has a very much of a, almost a Cuban vibe. It does. Because that little there. It's very sweet. Yeah. Por todas tus palabras 
piece that sort of anytime there's that ending piece that repeats there's like I think it's called a tag also as a tag okay it was like a little repetitive part the dun, 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 dun. and then with the harmony over top of that yeah. oh so good it's so, when that happens in songs it's always like I want that I want a whole song of that just a just a coda yeah there's, there's so many songs like that there's that song um I guess I should play this because I kind of what I like to do here is play something that reminds me of something. Sure. Because that reminds me. Be it's inspired. Not, I'm going to be inspired right now. Okay, so this is a song by uh, the band called Talking Heads. Love the Talking Heads. Uh, David Byrne is on tour now. He is. Man, he's an old guy, but he's still doing it. Um, so this is a song that I was listening to a lot when I was on tour. And this song is called Memories Can't Wait. This is definitely fully Eno produced. I think he's even singing on this, Brian Eno. So to me, this is almost like a Brian Eno song in a way. This is from uh, Fear of Music, which I think is their best album. But this has a piece at the ending of it that you can loop. You can actually, I've actually looped it before because it's like a perfect, um, the, way it, the way it settles out, it's a perfect loop. But it's got this power to it that's just fucking, it's very different than obviously Los Tres Diamantes. Sure. But it's the similar kind of thing where that ending piece, I just want to hear it like a th- for, for the rest of my life. So let's listen to this one. This is Talking Heads, Memories Can't Wait. It's already ripping. Already. And this is a ripper. Hot out the gate. This is like a true ripper. Do you remember anyone here? Echoes? No, you don't remember anything at all.
they definitely like tease this part. Like you think it's about to drop in right now, but it doesn't. Tough. It's like you're on a motorcycle, but maybe next to a car. They're still teasing it. Listen to on the a little like uh there are like elements of zappa and that eno sound I there definitely right? there is like a crossover uh, yeah yeah there's some there's definitely a the, weird crossover the guitar and that uh yeah not in his voice but the, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no the rhythm the guitar the yeah it's got that mounting kind of like, you like just, zappa i like zappa uh i would say probably about uh two thirds one third the amount of people who love Zappa love him. Yeah, I don't love, love Zappa, but uh-huh. I do appreciate him. And there are a few songs that I really like, like, uh, like what is it, Watermelon or something? It's very good. I don't even know that song. So good. So good? Yeah. Yeah. I got a verse. Someone at my show once played Watermelon, this uh, pianist. I don't know if it's, it might be out there. It might be online. I don't know. Do you have any shows you want to talk about while we're, th- while we're on the subject? Like it's plug a show? Yeah, I'd love for you to plug When does this go out? It'll go out probably, um, it'll probably be Wednesday. Today, listeners, today is probably Wednesday. The 16th? The 16th. The 16th is my birthday. Podcast at gmail.com and 
I will send it to Greg for his birthday. Email your birthday songs, your birthday wishes, condolences, and greetings. Also, Ben, 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 Molly! What's your Venmo? Greg Bear is a Venmo. It's not Greg Dash? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, if you find it, you just search all the names. Send you uh, 5 to 20? 5 to whatever. Okay, 5 is the lowest point, capping off at unlimited. Yeah, at unlimited. I was going through a period of time where I would send anyone a dollar. <laughs> a dollar. It's a fun thing to do. I think last year I did say something about Venmo, I mean, for my birthday, and then I said that there were like maybe 10 or 15 people that sent a dollar or something, and then someone asked me to Venmo them, and then I did. I Venmo them like a dollar fifty. It's fun. This it's goes a fun always. Thing. This isn't even my money. This is, I just have access to it. Yeah, because it really is at that point. When it's that digital, it kind of isn't hey, your money. Is it? It's like, yeah. what the fuck is this? It's hard to even access it in the real world. I don't even know. I, I have no awareness of that stuff. A Venmo? PayPal? No, I mean, like, when I use it. Oh, it just is, like, Like, gone. I did something. Like, a lot of times I'll use Venmo when I'm gambling, like, with friends, <laughs> like, small bets. Okay. And if someone pays me through that or I pay someone through that. It's basically like nothing happened. Yeah, I did I actually don't forget it. that I had like 120 bucks in my Venmo from like yeah. months ago because I hadn't used it. And then... Uh, Score. You know, I got a $35 gift card. There's some money on a gift card somewhere. Ooh. You know, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of this weird currency, you know, what do, what do we do with it? That gift card shit, that shit Racket. is truly... It will go down as the greatest racket the humans have ever invented. Uh, there's so much lost money forever in gift cards. It is once insane. you get down under a dollar on a gift card, what are you doing with it? It's oh, not going anywhere. You can't do anything. And not even that. It's just gift cards that aren't even used. You lose a gift card. Mm -hmm. You don't use a gift card. There's all these rules on using it. You can't really just use it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Most places don't accept these like online Visa gift cards yeah. or whatever. And then you just got gift card money, and then what? Where? where it's insanity. Is it? it's, it's literally like money that fell out of your pocket and is now in a pile of dirt somewhere. Yeah. It's there. It exists, but it's not part of the. I feel like it's probably the the tr most true form of capitalism's evil. Gift cards. It's like the it's not not evil, but it, I guess it has to do with the uh, the subtlety and the subversion of capitalism in terms of like. We got you when you, when you didn't even realize we got you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The gift card. Don't get anyone a gift card. Never. Put cash in an envelope in a card, in a real card. Get an actual card. Put cash in it. That's a gift card. Send the card. You know what I would love? A fucking parsnips. Dude, Some send parsnips. parsnips. Parsnips aren't at most farmer's markets. There you go. Broccoli you sprouts. Make, bro, I would, oh. oh, dude. We talked about sprouts a long time ago, yeah. Are you still a sprout boy? <laughs> I have been like the sprout uh, Johnny Appleseed. Oh, you have, have like you? I am pushing broccoli sprouts hard on the public. I've got pea sprouts outside dude. if you want some. Yes. Okay. Sprouts. Fresh Eat from the, your from sprouts. The what, what's your current sort of, uh, what sort of health, in, health things are you interested in? 
Um, what kind of stuff man, like that? What am I interested in? Mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms. Okay, so like psilocybin or like some rice? Sure, and... that. But no, mostly non-hallucinogenic. Non-hallucinogenic. Medi- okay. Chaga or rice. Rice is the big one. Agaricon. Turkey okay. tail, cordyceps. Cordyceps. Uh, get those cordyceps. Cordyceps is a big one. Yeah. I haven't really tried any of this stuff, though. Are you really into it? I am into it. I how do you get them, and how do you take them? Well, uh, it's been a long road to get to this point. So the information <laughs> I'm going to dole out is representing the tip of the iceberg on years of working Damn, on this. This is the fucking spear point. That's right. This welcome to the spear point. Only on Shiver. Welcome to Talking Spear Points with my Shiver Boy. Shiitake spear points. Are you looking for interesting tidbits on fungus? But not tidbits. I'm talking about full-fledged, filtered, specially filtered knowledge. Ancient knowledge. Ancient. That sounds good. Say it again. Ancient knowledge. That sounds straight up fucking Norwegian, dog. Get the Norwegian knowledge. So what you got? There is... A bag, one pound bag of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're talking about like a bag that, ex- that exists somewhere. It's like, okay, go to the airport, stall number 43. Next to stall 43, there is a bag. In that bag is a key. That key opens stall 42. It's in got- that stall, there's a bag. And that bag is a fucking shitload of ground turkey tail. Smoke it with a guy named Reginald, but make sure you say the H, Reginald. Oh, he hates it when people mispronounce his name because he knows people are going there with the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And if you missed it, it's like a writer. It's a test. It's the whole M&Ms and the writer. It's just a test to see if you read the fine print. You go all the way through the maze and you get to the end and you say Reginald, done. Back to beginning. We need <sighs> On Amazon. There's a bag. There's a bag that has 14 medicinal mushrooms uh-huh. ground into a fine powder. Uh-huh. One pound, uh-huh. $48. Wow. If you look at all these other mushroom products, right. this is an organic mushroom product that comes from Washington State. Is this a Paul Stamets thing? You think? It is not a Paul okay. Stamets thing. I am a huge Paul Stamets fan. Right. His products, however, are muy expensive. Muy expensivo. Super expensive. Si, 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 uh, si. Top notch CC yeah. expensivo. Which, you know what? They should be. Mm-hmm. They should be. You're mm-hmm. supporting. Vetted, redded, catted, leaded. Headed. Unleaded, fully vetted. On Reddit. On Reddit. Um, but this is just, I forget even the, I bought it. I've been like pushing on people. Okay. I got Kate Berlant to buy this bag That's of mushrooms. That's cool. I got Jocelyn Hughes to buy this bag That's of mushrooms. That's cool. I got Tig Nataro to buy this bag of mushrooms. That's cool. Burbank's own Derek Jones, writer for the Howard Sturd Show, bought this bag of mushrooms. That's cool. Listeners, now you should buy this. I think I might get it too, Brian. Carl Hess has purchased this bag of mushrooms. Okay, so what do you do with it? You just eat a little bit of it one or two times a day. Pop like it a in. spoon of it? You put it in gel caps and swallow it? You don't want to go down the gel cap road. Just put it in your coffee. Put it in your tea. Like Is a, there a taste? teaspoon. There's a little bit of a taste, but okay. it's fine. 
It's like a nice taste. It's almost like a little bit of a chocolatey taste. Sort of. Oh, not yeah. like a... Because I've had some experiences with powdered dry fungus in the past as a youth, and those were the psilocybin variety, and sometimes there's a sort of a memory there. There's a memory is, uh, there. Well, because of the nausea, you know, you have that yeah. nausea, man. it's like a tequila or something. It isn't so dissimilar to that, like, earthy, dirty, mushroomy yeah. taste. There's a little bit of that. You know, you got 14 kinds of mushrooms in there. Right. You're get, you got shiitake, you got maitake, you got lion's mane, you got agaricon, yeah. cordyceps, you got uh, tinder polypore, you know? So what makes it so good, or what is it? What do you feel like the, the benefit is? I mean, every one of those things mm-hmm. is what's called an adaptogen so it's working oh, on that's a good word several different systems of your body an adaptogen. at the same time they okay. all have many different medicinal properties if you want to go down the rabbit hole on the ncbim or nch or what's nih that? What's that? the like national institute of health or the oh, i don't national, know what the ncbim national Canadian information board yes exactly <laughs> okay uh, are you familiar with pubmed no these are like where you look at clinical, abstract clinical studies. Okay. And you can just look at the whole actual study, how the study was done, all the stuff. It yeah. gets really boring. You can go deep down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. on these human clinical studies on these mushrooms. Individually, they all have a lot of potential wow. together, even more potential. You just want to have it as a regular part of your daily, low-dose daily diet. It regulates everything, keeps everything in check, is supporting, immunosupportive, mm. all this stuff. What do you think, what do you feel like for you it's, this is the real benefit? Like, what do you feel? You know, it's hard to, to say that you're going to notice, especially right away, a difference. Yeah. It'd be like... Um, I don't know, just being healthier. So like not drinking for like a month or something. And, you know, you just okay. feel in general yeah, better. Feel... But it is like tuning everything up and keeping everything in check. It's more okay. of a long-term thing. It's not something like, oh, I did whatever, a duh, cleanse. Or it's not like that. It's just something that you want to just incorporate in your daily diet. Because I have a lot of trouble telling, uh, signifying something as being other than placebo. Because I feel like for me... Just me personally, I've had such, so many health problems that for me, it's like, I feel like I have trouble narrowing down what exactly is making me feel a certain way other than stress and things like stress. So for me, it's like, oh, is this, is this the thing doing this? Is this the B12 I took that's making me feel this way? Or is it just the fact that I know I took the B12? Or is it the amount of sleep that I got? Like there's so many things that we're... Um, I guess that's what I mean. What is there anything noticeable? I'll share this story. I had a B twelve. I shoot. I shot some one day of a show in Nashville last year. I uh, flew in for the day of, shot all day, stayed in a hotel that night, and was going to fly out the next morning. I uh, got a B twelve injection in my butt from a nice lady named like Pam or something. I've done that on set. It's like, fuck yeah, I want that B12 injection. That night, I was exhausted after shooting. It was a long day. It was really cold outside, and I couldn't wear stuff to keep warm. So I was fucking, you know, anytime you have to brace against cold for a long period of time, it wears you down. Your body's like working hard to stay warm. Hardcore. I was fucking, it was all I could do to just go get myself some dinner from takeout by the hotel after we finished shooting. Everyone went out to the bar. It was a Friday. I was like, guys, I'd love to hang. I just, I got to go to this. I'm just, I'm beat. So I eat this delicious hot chicken and a bunch of pickles and some biscuits. <laughs> Sitting there in the hotel room in a, in a, like a residence inn 
watching some forensic files and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that's great. I feel good. Now I'm going to go to bed. I can't fucking sleep. Like, what's going on here? I'm trying to sleep. I can't sleep. I'm not like in a weird time zone. I'm just two time zones away from LA. And I realize my, not just, I just can't sleep. My mind, it's like racing. I'm thinking of, oh, I do for that. Oh, that's what I got to do for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just thinking, thinking, thinking. Then I realize the fucking B12 shot, man. Mm-hmm. That's what's that, that's B12 at work, isn't it? I don't know a lot about B12. I took I think a that's B12. What it is. Nick Thune will like do stuff like that. Yeah. I was with Nick Thune and he was like, oh, you know what? I got to go to the clinic because I'm going out of town. I want to get my B12 shot. Uh-huh. And then he just, when I was there, I was like, you're doing it too. And then the lady like shot me in the butt with the B12. Right. And she was like, you know, if you're healthy and you have B12, you're, you're just going to pass it out. But anyway, here you go. And oh. I don't particularly know. I did. I, th- I think maybe I, I felt better. You know, but it is, you know, placebo is pretty powerful. Uh, yeah. There's nothing but, wrong with that. That's the thing. I, that's what I'm saying, though, is I think it wasn't placebo because I was feeling this way. And you forgot about the B12. And then I remembered it at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't have a coffee late. I didn't do anything nor- abnormal. And I really was exhausted. And I, I think that's what it is. And I even had Al Madrigal on the podcast like a year ago. And he said that's what he takes. He takes these little uh, B12 dissolving pills. You get at Trader Joe's. You get them anywhere. Yeah. They're just they're vegan little B12 pills. He says he takes that before shows at night. It's the only thing that keeps him awake and keeps him like able to have like alertness without anxiety. Huh, interesting. I see people do their like pre-show rituals yeah. sometimes. I'm like, what? You need two Red Bulls for this 10-minute oh set? What's two? going on? That's not good. Ugh. That Even used to one. be me. Yeah. I had half a Red Bull last night for the first time in forever, and I'm like, oh, it was a bad idea. I have been slamming down some coffee lately, I'll tell you that much. Okay. I, I've been trying to wean, wean back. Yeah. yeah. Slamming down that coffee. Well, so back to this bag of powder. Buy the mushroom Buy the mushroom. Is there like a, what's, what's it called? It's called bag, <laughs> bag of mushrooms? I mean, I could find it. I could find it okay. pretty easily. It's on the, it's on well, the device. But I, I will say that if you, if you actually have some kind of health issue, there uh-huh. are like higher doses of these things, and you will for sure notice a difference. It's like, the, yeah. the, you know, if you got any of the bad stuff, it's definitely, definitely good for you to take. And then in general, it's good for you to take too. Like I've also been uh, low dosing on medicinal weed marijuana tincture that doesn't even get you high oh what's that for just to be healthy okay just to be have you heard of rick simpson oil yes i have a bunch of it here no way yeah you want some yeah okay, i want i was just up. talking this is something funny i did a show in humble and they like loaded me up with stuff like, with oh, rick cool. simpson oil yeah that's incredible i got three syringes of it dude i want to do a like whatever uh, cycle of it whatever was what it like six weeks or something? i have no i know nothing what you're talking about dude it's super intense like rick simpson oil is for like terminally ill cancer patients yeah, or for you, like kids with uh severe autism yeah, right? yeah it's it's a heavy heavy thing it's not recreational no anyway. no a grain of rice is where you're even a half a grain of rice is where you're supposed to start and over like two weeks you get tolerance for it but uh oh i want to see they it knocks you on your ass these fucking hippies didn't Wonderful hippies did not explain it to me. My whole takeaway from Rick Simpson oil was, was like, humble, you found a way to make weed look suspect again by putting it in a fucking syringe. Yeah, well, and it's not recreational. I mean, it would be something you'd want to slowly build up. To- it floors okay. you. It's going to floor you. But so, it's really ultra healthy for you. What? So what? It, talk about it. 
Well, Rick Simpson is the guy who invented it. He's a, a cannabis activist, yeah. right? And uh, I believe he cannabis is no longer with us. Pioneer. Pioneer, right. for sure. Much like a Jack Herrera. Right. I was thinking Jack Herrera is more of an activist, right? He's more of an activist, but Jack Herrera is the 2008 Cannabis Cup winner, but is the <laughs> first, I think the first strain of weed that became medical marijuana. I don't know for sure. Okay. Something like that. But the Rick Simpson oil is for like terminally ill cancer patients and it really can, and it does a lot. It's for a lot of different things. You know, when you're having some severe medical issues, yeah. you do the Rick Simpson oil. But what does it do you for do you? do a cycle. It like puts your immune system in like a hyper state and it also does stuff to some of the bad things that you, you know, I can't speak scientifically, so scientifically about right. it, but it does many different things. It like create, it causes your immune system System to create like more macrophage T cells. So more whites, more white blood cells. You get those white blood cells. You get these like, they're called like cytokine cells. Yeah. It's like the cell that like finds the bad cells. Okay. And then, and then grabs the white blood cells and it's like, hey, 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 come, come look at this thing. And then right. those things kill it. And then the white blood cells, then they slowly learn what's going on. You know, you have some of these white blood cells your whole entire life. They stay with you. Right. And then. Uh, but you want to replace them? You want to get more of them. More of them. Okay. Especially if you're ill. Because I know I try I tried unsuccessfully to fast about two weeks ago. Not unsuccessfully. I just couldn't. <clears throat> I didn't prep properly, so I went into it with like kind of cold. Or, <clears throat> excuse me, cold turkey. And uh, I did that because I wanted to reset my immune system. Because I know that if you fast significantly enough, it forces your body to create new white blood cells. Right. Oh yeah. So and what, then there's like uh, intermittent fasting, right? Yeah. Do you ever do any of that? I've never done that. To me, that's kind of, I don't know. It seems interesting, but it feels more like a fad than actual fasting. There's some good science on that, too. Once you hit 14 uh, hours of no food, your body goes into what's called the macrophage state, where your okay. cells start to find like sort of decaying cells, and they eat those, and you get rid of the bad cells. Just 14 hours. 14 hours. See, I did about 36 that's great. Three-day fast. What is that? That three days? 48 well, is three days. I started no, with the bedtime one day, I made it through count. a whole day, and then I ended it with breakfast the day, I guess, what was that? I don't know. It's 36 hours, basically. What's three days is 72 hours. Yeah. Ugh, I was I trying to do three days. Three days is kind of where it's supposed to be at, right? Where you're really like, yeah. that's where the super health benefits come. The in. hunger is supposed to go away, and you're supposed to have like the real... But evidently, it's it's fucking tough to get that far. It's like a real force. It's really of will. hard. Mm-hmm. It's I had not... a moment where I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt like I was going to pass out while simultaneously throw up and couldn't sleep. And I had to eat like three apricots and a couple spoonfuls of yogurt, otherwise I was going to fucking die. You know. It's really a mind over matter thing, I mm-hmm. think, you know, because you're not going to die. You can go like no. 40 days. Well, I thought I was going to pass out. Sorry, not die. I thought I was just going to like. I was losing my vision and I was going to fall over and I felt really, I felt really nervous. I felt very, uh, it was a, it was a very scary feeling for someone to have. It reminded me of like being, I was in the hospital or something like that. It just felt very overwhelming is what I would say. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's super hard. I I did it. I did a three day fast, probably like two thousand eight, and I remember being totally exhausted. Yeah. And uh, but I have done smaller ones. I don't know. Do you know Lucas Neff? Yeah, I just had him on the podcast like a month ago. <sighs> he was in my video today. Lucas Neff, great guy. Great guy. He he's, he's like, pretty dude, let's do a three day fast. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. He said he's like on a two day fast right now. I'll do a three day again. I have to wean myself off caffeine before I do. I think that's a big thing. 
Caffeine is so hard to and wean And sugar. Off sugar and caffeine I have to wean What fully. sugar are you eating? Not, not a lot, but enough. Enough to be like, I have a cookie every couple of days kind of thing. I have honey in my tea pretty regularly. That's not so bad. I found it. Okay. It's called Mushroom Harvest, 14 <laughs> Mushroom Blend Powder, Certified Organic, One Pound Bulk, same great product, new look, forty eight ninety nine. And the thing is, is if you look at these other mushroom products, they'll be like six mushrooms, four mushrooms, and they're like 60 bucks. They're for like a quarter of a pound. That's crazy. This is a pound, and the dosage is one teaspoon a day. And this is a pound serving per container, 227. That's 227 days of pure mushroom goodness. That's, I, I would say, listeners, it's probably too good to last. So go ahead and jump on this deal. Jump on this deal. Jump on it now. This is the tip of the spear of years of research. Years that you're getting. of, the of cutting edge. Greg Barris research. Yeah. It sounds like, hey, buying this bag of mushrooms. But this is like looking around, trying to figure it out, understanding all this, and then giving it right to you. Damn. These people are probably like, why are these bags flying off the shelf? Yeah. But that's why. So that everywhere I go, a friend of mine has the mushroom powder that I need, <laughs> and I can just get it. The Johnny Appleseed of mushroom powder, too. Yeah, that's how, you know, bro- broccoli sprouts, mushroom powder, these things, they're these changing things, the world. They are. What about you? What healthy stuff are you doing? Uh, I do a lot of smoothie stuff. I eat a lot of maca powder. I eat a lot of, um, I used to eat a lot of fresh spinach from the garden, and I swear to God, having fresh spinach from the home garden it really fueled me in a way that it's hard to describe. It was like really, really good. Um, I was I eat a lot of uh, fresh. I used to eat a lot of fresh peas from the garden, and I felt like that was really healthy. The fiber and just the fact, you know, I also do a lot of. I try to eat a lot of parsley and Italian parsley because there's something about those bitter herbs that I feel like. You got those terpenes in there. It just makes me feel good to it's eat good for you. Uh, fresh parsley. It's like a thing where. Yeah, it's more, for me, a lot of times it's more just kind of like this feeling of, oh, this feels good to be tasting this. Uh, I try to eat some turmeric as much as I can, like in the Get smoothies. Get that turmeric in you. Turmeric. Here's my big thing. I've talked about this on the podcast a lot, but I eat a lot of sheep's milk yogurt. <laughs> from Hot sheep's milk yogurt. Hot <laughs> sheep's milk yogurt. I eat a lot of hot. Uh, it's about 110 degrees. Straight from the udder. <laughs> Only on shiver. It goes through a direct dry hopping process. <laughs> Loads it up with bacteria, bulgaris, fucalarius, yeah. amylothone. I love it. I love that shit from Bellwether Farms in Sonoma, California. And that stuff is loaded with all kinds of good stuff. It's better than cow. It's better than goat. And it has tons of bacteria. And it's, it's all this aspects to it. I mean, it's, I've been marketed to, and I swallow it fully. I love it. And you feel good. I feel good. The taste of it, it makes my bowels feel good, because that's yeah. like a big thing with me is the, it's like the bowels. I think that's probably the main health thing I think about the most. But really, for me, also, it's all about greens. And for me, certain greens are really, I found recently that, like, uh, you know about Little Jim Caesar? It's like little a little gem Caesar. It's a little small head of Caesar. Okay. It's called little gem. And there's something about eating that that makes me feel fucking dynamite. Eat like a whole head of this, with a little bit of miso dressing on that shit. It's just like the greatest taste. It's sweet in this way. You don't need to put anything on it at all. Crunchy, sweet, green, 
tender, young, because it's a small, young, uh, it's like a romaine heart, but a whole head of romaine hearts. Sounds good. That shit, can't get enough of it. Can't get enough. Can't get enough of that. Otherwise, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not, I don't have the same You've got like, you've you. been doing like, yeah, you've, but you have like a garden back here and you've been gardening. And then sometimes I see you with like a big glass jug of stuff that you're making. Oh, I make a lot of, uh, I like to drink, I like to make the alcohol I drink if I can't. I got cider over there in the corner. That's fresh alcoholic cider. It's pretty fucking strong. My brother's a brewmaster. Really? Yeah. Damn. We've been he's been brewing up a bunch of stuff. He he makes a mean mead. Ooh, mead. See, mead. I'm not a huge fan of, but I appreciate the manufacturing process. Yeah. Because it's a little too sweet for me. A little too. Yeah. It's just not my favorite. But he I do, get he it. He does beer. Mm-hmm. Session beer. Yeah, a good session. A good Ciders, session lager. Yeah, this is that. a cider. Yeah. Wine. My brother and I, years ago, made wine from loquats. Loquat wine. And that was a rough thing because loquats have this thing in them that makes you sleepy. And this fucking wine, man, it just puts you to fucking sleep. It puts you to fucking sleep. Loquat seeds actually have, what's that famous poison? Hemlock. Not hemlock. It's the other one. It's the one that's like, oh, uh, strict, not strychnine. Um, Arsenic. Arsenic. Loquat's got arsenic? The loquat seeds have enough arsenic in them to make you sleepy, but if you wanted to, you could extract arsenic from the seeds. Well, there you go. There's tons of arsenic and lots of fruit, evidently. Come over to Johnny P's house and have some loquat wine. Yeah. Take a nap. We called it Sleepwalker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a lot of poison in a lot of these foods. Also, like, ash and weird stuff, too, you know. You know what's crazy is I called up... I like mulberries a lot. Mulberry wine. They, uh... I call, on this bag of mulberries, it mentions some shit about how the state of California says this has something that causes cancer and birth, birth defects. The ingredients in the bag of mulberries is just white mulberries. So I'm like, what the fuck could be in this? And I called the guy, and this guy clearly has explained this to many people very succinctly. I'll put the call on the podcast here, everyone. I, have, I recorded it. It's not very interesting, but it's interesting to hear this guy, his spiel. And it's like, it's fucking crazy because... The state of California to try to limit the there's trace amounts of lead in everything, and I guess there's trace amounts of lead in all almost all fruits and vegetables, and because it's a packaged thing, they have to fucking put that on the back. Hmm. Like how insane is that? This go. causes cancer and birth defects. This this dried fruit that's been I think the drying process maybe like does it? Isn't it like when stuff gets a little brown or the browning of things? It has like a. It's thing not even that. It. Uh, he said just because it's a packaged food, and go. because it has some amount at all, it means it's uh, it's because it's got some like trace amounts of heavy metals. You got to pull those heavy metals out of your body. You got to extract with a giant fucking dick magnet. Get that just, dick. <laughs> Suck out the heavy metals. I want to play some of these songs here before we, why we still have time. Type that password Okay. In. This is the one that you mentioned that um, I never heard of this, but I think it's super fucking cool. I liked it right away. This is Amber Kaufman, who uh-huh. just did The Heart of Darkness at Zebulon. Very Damn. talented musician. What was that? That was last month. Oh. Yeah, hot, hot show. When's the next one? It's the 15th. Of? This month. At okay. the Hayworth Theater, Ooh, a.k.a. Nice. Dynasty Typewriter. That's next week, right? Next week, Tuesday. You're awesome. not going to be able to 
go because you're going to hear this podcast mm-hmm. on Wednesday. So unfortunately, you missed a great show, but When's it is the next my birthday. One? The next one, uh, I'm going to do it back at Zebulon probably in the first week of August. I have not awesome. solidified a date yet, but it's going to be a hot, 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 hot time. Can't World's wait. most important live event. It is. I did it right. I did it at the other, at the video store. Was that a Heart of Darkness? What video store? The video pop-up, the Jerry Maguire. Oh, my God. Yes. That was, was that Heart, Heart of Darkness dark- that was Heart at of Darkness, the Jerry right? Maguire yeah. store for Everything is Terrible with uh, Jonathan Lipnicki. That was rad. From Jerry Maguire. That was weird and rad. He's a solid man. Yeah. Yeah. Amber Kaufman, former Dirty Projectors <laughs> fame. And uh, yeah, she has a whole new album out. Check it out. It's really good. Support Amber. Uh, very talented. It's also tangential because it's called No Coffee. No coffee, which is what we're talking about. I like this already because it sounds kind of like reggae. <laughs> oh, this is definitely a reggae beat right here. Everyone is 
If I had to guess, I would say this is recorded in Joshua Tree or nearby. There's something about it that reminds me of like that kind of scene right now. Because I know yeah. a lot of musicians out there. It's got that that muted bass. That bass is great. It doesn't sound it, like so much we're familiar with. I know? think it's muted. I think that's a. Uh, I think it harkens back to a Motown. James Jamerson thing, flat wound strings, maybe a thick piece of foam at the uh, at the bridge. Okay. Because I saw some guy playing there tonight with my friend Chris Crofton. He was same tone, real wide, real thick, but uh, no sustain. So every note you play, it's got that that plunky. Oh, it's so good. Such a nice recording too. It's a very um, sounds live, but it doesn't sound. It sounds like a small room kind of live. What was the name of the whole album? It's called. Uh, 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 it's. <laughs> I think it's hot out the gate right now. I think it is. The album is called Am- "City of No Reply." City of No Reply by the very talented and lovely Amber Kaufman. Her voice. That's if you have that kind of voice, you can sing. I bet you have problems with people falling in love with you. Oh yeah. You know what sure. I mean? She's uh, a heartbreaker. I bet. I dated a girl very briefly in college. Well, actually, it was after college. I guess. What I'm trying to say is that she, when she sang, it was like this thing. I'm like, oh God. It's just like, like makes you, it's almost like the whole idea of a siren song that <laughs> yeah, thing. Okay. It's like, that makes sense. Yeah. You feel sort of powerless and it's kind of like, um, you're just, you're, yeah. you're put in a different world. You see these movies where there's like the girl who's sort of just singing around the house. Yeah. So you don't, that doesn't happen so much. Who's singing around the house like so well where you're like, ah, oh, this. Bah, bah, bah. Sing around the house more. Yeah. I guess. Cause it wasn't that Sleeping Beauty? Is it? She it was, sang. It's Sleeping Beauty. I think all the Disney princesses. They're singers. They're Ariel? Singer. Oh my God. Ariel. Uh, Fucking, she's got you. Uh, that's more of the HBO song. Uh, ba so what we're trying to say is you got a voice sing around the house use it people will fall in love with you because they'll be like oh my god every time Brit sings she's so fucking shy when she does I'm like hey what? Hey, who's there? You just want to lay your head down in the lap and they, they pet your head and they sing to you and everything's okay. It's also like conversely too, like if you're a guy with a great voice, Jesus Christ, man, you don't have to do a thing. No. If you're like a fucking singer. But if you're one of those Los Trace Diamantes Jesus dudes, Christ. Yeah. They have, they have perfect voices. There's some Richard Pryor joke about that too. Just talking about, oh, that motherfucker can sing. God damn. Yeah. That's like, a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> he just talks about, he's talking about some friend of his who can sing like a famous singer, just how much it just weakens the knees of all the women around him. Yeah. You know, it's not nothing being able to sing really it well. Is like, it's what few is it? and far between. But it's like a thing. Like I hear someone like Harry Nilsson. So good. And it just, it makes sense how that guy could party so fucking hard and be forgiven for all that stuff is because his voice is so angelic. It just, you can't fucking handle it. Like this guy, like yeah. what is that? What dude's got a hot voice right now? Oh, I mean, I feel like right now, I don't even know, man. I mean, I feel like the last I can think of who's got a really hot voice is D'Angelo. But that's also, that's all about the production. That's a whole, yeah. whole oeuvre of stuff. Oeuvre. 
But there's, I mean, I think a lot of people have hot voices who have interesting voices. I think Sturgill Simpson uh-huh. has a pretty hot voice, like pretty interesting voice because it's so, I don't know, it's very like evocative and like uh, character Yeah. 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 I don't know who's got that hot voice. I don't know Not either. me. Not me, no. I Sometimes have an album of music out. You do? Yeah. How do, we, how do we listen to it? You can listen to it on Spotify for What's free. What's it called? Greg Barris? It's called The Wig Maker's Son, uh-huh. and it's a Greatest Tits album. It's from what maybe 2012 or 10 or something. Okay. Hot, hot album. A lot of sing-along tunes. Real. Should I play something or no? Will that embarrass you? I mean, it might embarrass me. Okay. Well, now well, we've got it out there. Listeners, you can... It's out there. Check it out. You can dip. Oh, man. Dip into it. It's real fun to listen to The Wig Maker's Son, not yeah. Greg Barris. No, no, no. There's a there's a comedy Greg yeah. Barris album out there. You can listen to on Spotify too. Yeah. What's it called? Shame Wave. Shame Wave. Shame Wave. Take a ride. Shame. On the shame wave. Why is it called shame? You know the shame wave is that feeling you get like uh, the next day. After you did something, the shame, the shame waves that feeling you get the next time. I can't go back to that bar. I can't go back to that town. I can't go back to that bus. Yeah, you just well, why you can't go back to that bus? Because we just joined the bus. I don't know something, something. You did something on that bus. You can't go back. Have you had a bus tour recently? Uh, I did a show in Cleveland, and I took the bus from New York. Okay. I guess I mean, like, have you been on a tour bus and uh, any time that you can remember to tell us that you remember it at all? Um, yeah, I've been in a tour van. I wouldn't call it a bus. No, okay. I've been on really, I haven't really been on a tour bus. That was kind of a little Laurie Anderson thing you just had going on. Can you do that again? When I say something. Ha, 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 Hello? Are you listening? Oh, Superman. Do you, do you know that song? I don't. Laurie Anderson? Oh, yeah. It's Laurie Anderson, Superman. Is, is it worth worth playing, or should we get to one of these other tracks? I mean, just play like the top, top part of it so people can be like, oh, my God, they nailed it. Laurie Anderson, it's called Superman. Okay. Way ahead of her time, Laurie Anderson. There's so Brilliant. much stuff that you know about that I don't know about, which is so cool. I fucking love that. You know, I'm just on a weird, like a different section of the dice that you are. You yeah. Know? You, I, I'm not so good at like song titles and contemporary But music. not even that. I just don't. This You're talking about contemporary stuff. I don't know shit about contemporary music. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I well, really Laurie don't. Anderson's not contemporary. I mean, she is, but she's not, you know, it's like, this is probably from like the sixties or something. Okay. <laughs> this is it. It's from 1982. <laughs> okay, the 80s. Holy shit. I'm into this. Didn't we just nail this? We did. Oh, this is beautiful. It's so good. It's so ahead of its time. Brilliant. She's brilliant. Oh, fuck me. Oh, Superman. I love stuff that's droning like this and repetitive like this. I just can't get enough of it. Yeah. Oh, John. 
it's a super long song. Does it have like a build to something more? Or is this it? I'm not home right now. It's pretty But if you want to leave a message, just start talking. She just ruined the song. She just fucking ruined it. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, Check it out. I'm fucking in. L.A. 1982. That's when I was born. Wow. Lori Anderson. Yeah, she's she's great. I dig it, man. Lori Anderson, you know. Oh, Lorraine and her were a thing? Oh, they were a power couple. See, there's a lot of this lore, a lot of the rock and roll lore. I know a lot about soul lore and jazz lore and reggae lore, but the, that stuff, I just somehow just missed it. Like, I like a lot of the music, but in terms of the lore, I, um, I'm not that big of a fanboy. Did you ever get into, like, Lester Bangs? No. Uh, See, that's, you know who that's, that is? Yeah, he's the Rolling Stones writer. Yeah, Cream, Rolling Stones, yeah. Enemy, everything. But then he has a couple books that came out probably like in the early 2000s mm-hmm. of uh, like compilations of everything. I just like plowed through all those. Really? And then as I was reading, I would just listen to every single thing that he was talking about. Okay. And then, he, you know, he, he was like had a hate love in love and hate yeah. thing with Lou Reed. And I feel like a, a lot, lot of, of people, people, yeah, the people who are really into music, uh, I remember reading this article by John Jeremiah Sullivan about John Fahey. Okay. And John Fahey and this other guy, they're all obsessed with like primitive, I guess you call it folk blues, but like really rare folk blues. And it's like they, he said they always vacillate between either saying, well, this is just some, some poor idiot on a farm who made this song, and that's all it is. You know, it's nothing special to the extreme of it. Also, the same person saying the same thing about... It's the same person talking about the same song saying, this is the most sublime thing ever recorded. Yeah. It's just like perfection in a way that cannot be replicated ever. Yeah. Bangs would go back and forth like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the Lou Reed. And then be like, ah, oh, but I love it. You know, it's like, uh, I don't feel like we have music writers like that. I mean, I'm sure there are that I'm not yeah. aware of, but it doesn't seem to be these people that are delving. It's more like, yeah, this is the album and it's like this and check it yeah. out. You know, it's not so. It's hard now because there's just so much fucking content. There's so much content. And I think that a lot of music writing, it's just like, give me the good or the bad thing about the album. Yeah. No one really wants to delve deep into this actual like piece of journalism. That... It's like, a, I think we really are in a weird place right now where. If you think about like the 60s and 70s, there was, you were all dealing with, a, 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 with progressive technology. So there's all this stuff that people are using at the forefront of technology. Like Brian Eno, he always says he uses the most of what he has available to him. And when I was growing up, like playing in bands and stuff, we were all obsessed with vintage gear and having the old thing to create the sound. When I, when I got older, I was like, it's kind of ridiculous that we're in love with this old thing, we're trying to recreate something old when really the people we love who use this stuff were using it because it was the most modern thing available. Like Jimi Hendrix using a Wawa Petty. Was, that was the most modern thing available. Oh yeah, you watch these videos. It's uh, Herbie, there's a great video. It's black and white. It's Herbie Hancock and um, what's like the guy who produced all the Michael Jackson stuff, just had the Rolling Stones oh, it's, article. Uh, it's uh, Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones and Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock's in his like lab. He's got all these synths, and he's uh, speaking of Herbie. He's literally using a touchscreen computer, and it's, yeah. it's it's a black and white videos from the probably early seventies, and he's got all this MIDI stuff and crazy stuff. Yeah. He's way out there, way ahead of anybody else. Right, because you have to be. This guy was a genius. That's why I'm saying, I guess, is I feel like sort of now we're sort of done, we're. 
it's like we've been regressive and there's almost no place left to go right now with technology to be progressive with music because everything's in a computer. I guess, I mean, I really think this is true. I really think that, I've talked about this a bunch in different podcasts and on my podcast. I really think that the next technology in music will be not um, not in the in the form of how we play it and how we make it, but it's going to be how we listen to it. I think there's going to be a new way to listen to music that is, allows you to hear stuff you couldn't hear before. Just like some super high-tech headphones that are available to the masses. I think it's going to be different than that. Uh, it'll I think be it's, like in my brain. I don't think it's headphones. I think you're going to start, going to, start to be able to listen to something. Because you know how like if you're... You know how like the most beautiful sound you ever heard is a sound you didn't hear? Yeah. Like in a dream? <laughs> I'm just like, yes, okay, sure. <laughs> I guess I, I've had experiences through meditation where I heard a song, and I can't, I'm not a songwriter really or anything. Uh, I'm not a composer, so I can't translate. To me, like the genius of someone who's a composer is they're able to take these sounds they hear in their head and able to get them out. Yeah. And that is like, that's so hard because you've, I've heard, you've heard sounds in your head. You've heard totally. things and, I, and ideas I even, a lot of stuff but you can't get it out. And if you can get it out, that's special. So imagine if you didn't have to get it out, if you can just record it and hear it again. That's like, you're making me think of Reggie. Reggie's so good at yeah. that, that exact thing where he totally. can just be like, oh, I can make the sound myself and mm-hmm. I have all the equipment to modulate the sound to be anything else and I can hear it and. But I think even then it's limited because there's certain frequencies we just can't hear. That's true too, yeah. You know, like, you know about cochlear implants? Yeah. I think we're going to start to be able to get those electively. Oh, I like the idea of uh, like body modification, androidal, like, uh, you know, I got a cochlear cochlear implant that I didn't need and now I can... Now I can hear fucking elephants walk. Yeah, now I can see colors uh, in the infrared spectrum. Yeah, that that kind kind of of shit. I'm into that. And that, to me, will, will change the way you listen to music because, I mean, you're always going to have live music. Live music's always going to be uh, a thing because you can't replace it. That's why I always encourage people to listen to the podcast over speakers because it's a thing where, if you can... There's so much more. There's so much because it's moving through the air. It does yeah. stuff. Live music has that, you know? Where yeah, you can't, you, you can't recreate it. Uh, you like can, overtonal instruments, like exactly. gongs or certain drums or bowls and things. You can't really get that same whatever tonality through a speaker it's maybe really through like a very crazy high, a high end yeah you know audiophile thing there is that reminds me of something very interesting you ever right. go to these sensory deprivation tanks in venice I've, beach i've done one in minnesota for the i haven't been back though. there's there's a place here called float lab the right. guy who like owns operates and manufactures these tanks his name is crash and he is like Super high intelligent, very funny. One of the funniest. <laughs> really? Like, so with it. The most, one of the most with it civilians you'll ever meet in okay. your entire life. More with it than most comics and stuff. But he has manufactured this sensor deprivation tank, which is like 900 pounds of salt and one foot of water. Yeah. And uh, he has built over years these speakers. So one tank has nine speakers submerged underwater and a subwoofer. And because the water is so dense, because it's so yeah. full of salt, yeah. the, everything everything sounds like it's in your head because it's moving through the water so fast. It doesn't oh, sound like fuck. it's around you. It sounds like it's inside of your head. And it's one of the most amazing aud- audio experiences you'll have. Auditory I'm fucking, experience. I can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah, well. For years, I've been joking with my brother about, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing, but he got me these contact speakers. I never used them, but I always wanted to put them in an above-ground swimming pool. 
uh, shotgun a couple of Asahis, and then go swimming listening to ELO slow down. And it's something you're not going to electrocute yourself and die? No, because they're contact. It basically vibrates the... Oh, yeah, do that. Because it's traveling through the water so much faster than it does through the air. And it's, it's a much... If it's a high-quality thing, it's a much better sound. Because the water has direct contact with you. I have to play this for it's you. I have more to play dense. this. And it's salt water is even more dense. Oh, that's right. It's super fucking dense. So dense. I have to play this for you because I feel like this is important. This is like some shit I fucking... I'm just going to... We are going... We are making some connections today. We are. We are going down the rabbit hole. Make, even is... the thing where you heard the first beginning of the Laurie Anderson thing was seemed like it was new to you. And you it was like, wow, this is... Even even if it's not the whole song, just that one little moment of like, ha, ha. It's like, whoa, well, this is something. Okay, I've got this. Uh, I've got a, a bunch of songs I've done. I've taken them. I used to call them Wrongful 45, where I would take the song and I would, um, I would make it, I would slow it down. I'd take a 45 and slow it down. So, well, I've also done some where I slow, well, I speed them up and slow it down. But this is the one, these are the ones I like the most, are the ELO songs. Oh shit, hold on. I've got two songs going here right now. This is a real professional podcast. So this is Turn to Stone by ELO, Slowed Down. And to me, it doesn't sound much better than this. Especially if you were like super high off of something. Could you imagine having just shotgunned a beer and going swimming? Listen to this. And also listen to. it highlights the song as opposed to making it lesser because certain songs are really fucking good when you play them slow it's like it oh it reveals something as opposed to revealing a fault yeah. it reveals like a oh it's so good i used to be friends with this guy like way back in the day who would slow down everything on cassette tape he really slow it down on a cassette tape and play it in his car and i honestly i remember when he was first telling me i was like just totally confused i was like but why are you slowing? I don't. Why? <laughs> Something and then about it. It took me a while to, to yeah. really understand it. You know, the first one I ever did was Sugarloaf, uh, Green Eyed Lady. Because I had the 45. And something about that shit just made it like you could hear, you could hear so much of it. It sounded yeah. like Isaac Hayes covering it, basically. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a thing with music now, too. Like, if you like, like that, let's go back to that Amber Kaufman song. It yeah. was, there was a lot of musicality in there. There's a lot of different instruments, mm-hmm. and it's not just like filler. It's not like messy or muddly. It's like super clean, actually. Yeah. A very clean sound. Also, like you can tell that it's, it's, it's not so, like so much, 
stuff obviously is referential in some way. You right. know? It doesn't see it doesn't seem like it was referencing so much, you know. It was Yeah, that's true. It isn't it's not if it is referencing it's a it's a mixture of things and it's not just referencing it's like it's filtered through their personal experience. Yeah. Which is how everything should be, ideally, right? Sure, sure. But I like the idea that these there seems to be uh, I mean there's obviously a lot of very 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 talented people in this sort of right. clean, crisp, very uh, high quality sounds are are more of a more of a thing that I'm hearing, you know. High quality, crisp. High quality, crisp. High clear. quality, crisp, crisp, clear. Crisp, clear. Crisp, clear. These are Ladies water headphones. Crisp, clear. Ladies and gentlemen, these are water headphones. These are a special new water headphones. They're full of water. Don't. Don't uh, electrocute yourself. Actually, that would be a thing, right? That would be the extension from that. That isolation chamber with the salt is wearing fucking... It's like a fish tank. Fucking head. You have like a respirator. <laughs> you have a special white noise that, that cancels out the sound of your own breathing so you can actually hear stuff. Yeah. Like, are you sure I'm going to be fucking headphones? Yeah, it's cool, man. Don't worry about it. Okay, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, there are those headphones that just touch like the back of your head now that aren't actually speakers. Are you have you seen those? They're like contact headphones and they sort of touch under your ear and they aren't speakers at all like if you you can't hear them through the air you can only hear them through your bones i have never heard about this ever they're like a thing they're a thing they They even make sunglasses that are them they go they're sun how come i've never heard of this like bone contact um audio bone contact because i've heard of microphones that do that bones Bone, microbones. But how do they touch your bones? They have to go they through like your skin. Touch, no, they, they touch like back here, under your ear. You got that bone right there. And then right here, you got a bone. So you can put it here, you put it there, and it just vibrates through your bones. This is like what people who like uh, go around in San Francisco on those mono scooters. Yeah, with the one wheel. With the one wheel. I saw a guy on the way here with one wheel. What are you talking about San Francisco? The guy I was vaping. Sa- I think had- tech. I think San Francisco. <laughs> He was vaping. He was on, uh, what is that, Vineland. Yeah. Vaping on Vineland on a board with a huge wheel. Uh, AirPods. There you go. I mean, Any just neon? of smoke. His, his wheel board had some, uh, had some LED. Neon. Neon. LED neon. Man, life, what is it but a journey? Oh, dude. Life, it is a trembler. Oh, it's a shiver. Life, we're here with shivers of Greg Barris. Uh, Greg, anything, any parting words or anything you want to say before we de-shiverify and maybe play us out? We'll play us out with something cool and good. You want to play us out with one of those Yazan songs? Yeah, let's do it. I was oh, just about guy, to suggest that. Fantastic man. Looks like Frank Zappa. Probably uh-huh. not the best plug for him, though. Is an extremely <laughs> talented man. Has okay. a, a prolific audio collection multiple bands always on tour a brilliant voice brilliant mind a kind soul and uh, i love his music yazan yazan you've been listening to live to tape with my guest greg barris that's me greg barris if you need something he's got it probably not (laughs) so he'll give it to you you greg barris if you've got something give it to him yeah let's go out with my mantra please help me at Greg Barris, Venmo. Anything from five to infinity. I saw what happened to you when Good night. I knew it was Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Pleasant dreams. Couldn't help but laugh the whole way through. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you remember when I told you I ran into an old friend of mine and he reached out his hand 
and he offered me a dime And we laughed and laughed so happy 